Chapter Fifteen. Finger to his lips, Leth drew Nasida into the recess of a neighboring doorway. My lady, this is no time for formal courtesy. Why are you here? To ask the young mage, help me find Gerard. Leth grunted. He's the last one you should seek for. He stiffened, pulling Nasida deeper into shadow. Light steps sounded, fast approaching. A black-cloaked figure swept by, halting at Matt's door. Leth's grip tightened on Nasida's wrist as the door opened and the figure stepped inside. The instant the door closed, Nasida pulled free and rounded on him. Who is that? What is going on? My lady, that woman has Gerard. No, he said as Nasida started for the door. She's deadly dangerous. I'll take that risk. She'll only harm him worse. Not if she's taken. I have guards downstairs. Go fetch them. Leth shook his head. My lady, this situation involves magic of a most evil kind. There's a man downstairs who knows something of it. His name is Carrick. Carrick? Gone stinker. He's in all this too. He's our only hope for Master Gerard. I see. So fetch him then. Leth hesitated. You promise to do nothing, whatever happens, for Gerard's sake? Nasida sighed. Very well, she conceded, and Leth raced away. You cannot imagine, children, how Nasida felt, waiting and watching, shivering uncontrollably. And you will not until you have young ones of your own. There she waited, her jumbled thoughts chasing pell-mell through her head. That woman who had just gone through Matt's door, who was she? Where was she from? Leth said she was the one who held Gerard for ransom. And magic was involved. Leth said. This woman was no mage. Nasida knew every female wizard in the covenant. Who or what was she then? And if not hers, then whose magic had a hand in this? The instant she came to that answer, 
Matt's voice sounded indignantly through the door. But, dear lady, I must stay here. Lurtor is bound to send for me at any moment, so you must wait for... A loud hiss cut short his complaint. Nasida edged closer, straining to hear. But now all that came through was a murmur. As she reached the door, Lev came running, and behind him a stocky sun-brown man, and bringing up the rear a skinny urchin wearing of all things Gerard's old hunting jacket. Carrick dipped his head politely. At your service, my lady. Gremlin's still in there? Nasida nodded. Who? What? Is she? A snatcher. The chief one, in fact. Nasida's hand flew to her chest. Can you get back my son? I'm not sure, my lady, but I will try. Carrick turned to the boy. Take the lady Nasida down the hall and wait. Nasida laid her hand on Carrick's arm. You go in there, I go too. The urchin spoke up. You don't know anything. What if you mess up and make her angry? She'll only take it out on Gerard. Nesida looked down. The boy seemed fierce and anxious both at once. Whoever he was, he certainly knew Gerard and cared. She turned to Carrick. Lev says there's sorcery here of a deadly kind. And I now see that Matter or Marplot has a hand in it. But you are not a magical man. What do you intend to do in there? Grandmother's wearing a bracelet. I believe her power lies in that. Our only chance is to dash in and seize it before she can use it. I see. Nasida nodded. Then I'll not get in your way. Once Nasida had moved off away with Piotr, Lev and Carrick threw open Matt's door and burst through. Nasida heard Matt exclaim, then a loud screech. She turned to Piotr. My guards down in the courtyard. Fetch them. As the boy sped off, Nasida ran to the open doorway. Matt was sprawled on the floor, Lev standing over him. Carrick was halfway to the window where the woman struggled with the catch. Reaching her, Carrick pulled back her cloak 
and Nasida caught a flash of silver bracelet at the woman's wrist. Carrick grabbed it, but then seemed to have trouble pulling it away. The woman clawed him with her free hand, raking his face and drawing blood. The tinker cried out, yet held on. Now Leth pulled his knife and ran at the woman, striking her in the arm. As the blade pierced her flesh, she let forth a loud cry and, hurling herself against the window pane, shattered the glass. Then, before Nasida's astonished eyes, she turned to mist and streamed out through the gap. For a moment, the mist swirled. Pale wisps against the night sky. Then it reformed, and Nasida cried out. A great black bird hung in the air beyond the window. Wide pinions moving with slow and powerful beats. Stretching down its long snake neck, it peered in through the hole, and Nasida gazed in horror at the bone-white skull and eagle beak. The beak opened, and a woman's voice came, harsh and menacing. You betrayed me, mage, and for that you'll pay. You'll all pay. Forget the ransom, ha! Huh? You'll never see the boy again. Nasida started forward, but the bird flew off into the dark. Look, Leth pointed. The sill was slick with blood. So much blood that it ran down the wall, soaking the carpet. I cut her. It may be a good thing. Maybe she can't fly far, Carrick said, gazing out through the window. What else could he say, with Nasida standing there, staring at the blood? Matt stirred behind them, reaching for his staff. But luckily the guards arrived right at that moment. Nasida pointed. Seize him, quick! Don't let him touch that thing! But, my lady, I protest I didn't. If harm comes to my son, you'll beg for death. Nasida turned to the guards. Get him to Scandibar. Whatever it takes, he'll tell us everything he knows. As the guards marched Matt out, Nasida turned to Leth and Carrick. You will continue your search? Leth bowed his head. My lady. Nasida looked from one to the other. Hungry for answers. 
when did you last see him? Was he... Well... The otter spoke up. He was with me, down by the smokehouses, when she grabbed him. I got away, but... Nasida's eyes flashed. You got away? Why not Gerard? My lady, Carrick cut in, please permit us to take our leave. For a moment, it seemed Nasida would not. And, truth to tell, her mind was a royal. She and Leoctor had jealously protected Gerard all his life from just such danger. But somehow he'd gone straight to it the moment their backs were turned. And now, for all the wealth and power at their command, his best chance of survival lay with this ill-assorted trio. They were waiting, anxious to be gone. Very well. Go. And Leth? She looked into his eyes. I'm counting on you. They went down to the courtyard, then took their separate ways, Nasida back to Scandibar with Matt, Leth, Carrick and Pyotr jogging on foot back to the Jolly Fisherman for a quick bite. She flew east, Carrick said, not a whit out of breath. You mean out onto the high plains, Les said, puffing alongside? Oh no, not the Varg. Salahin she may be, but she's a renegade. I cast out, and she's cut bad. I'd say she's not gone too far. You mean along the light front, Carrick? asked Piotr, trotting to keep up. Carrick shook his head. All those people you saw in the smokehouse? She moved them by wagon, I'd say. Now, where would a fleet of wagons go so fast and unobserved? Not into that neighbourhood. A stretch of wide streets and great houses owned by wealthy and respectable families. Where else then? Not in any shed or warehouse this end of the lake, Leth said. They could have left the city. Across the lake? They could have gone by boat, Piotr said. So where are the empty wagons? We've looked everywhere. My bet is she took them north a ways, then over the river. Bedick's Ford, yes, Piotr cried. The old Ford road goes up behind the smokehouses, bypassing the quarter completely. You'd think she'd risk fording the river with that load this time of the year? When the roads were all muck and mire, Leth meant. If she had no choice, 
said Carrick. As they reached the inn, Essie hurried up to meet them. There's a man in the parlour you should hear. I persuaded him to wait up until you came in. The man, a wine merchant from across the river on his spring tour, was settled by the fire. Carrick went to him at once. Thank you for waiting up, sir. Essie said you had something to tell us, he said, taking a seat with Leth and Piotr across the hearth. Well, she seemed to think so, the merchant said doubtfully. It's something strange I saw on my way here. Go on. Coming down toward Burdick's Ford, I saw a line of huge wagons. They'd crossed the ford and were heading for the hills south of me. So we didn't meet. Leth leaned forward. Go on. I wondered what merchandise they carried and why, for no one lives that way. When I reached the ford, it was a mess, much and up all over. It looked as though they'd gotten mired down, and now they hauled those great things out again, I can't guess. I tell you, they won't be in business long. Let us hope, Leth murmured, as the man got up and left. We were right, Carrick. Piotr said excitedly, as soon as the merchant had gone off to bed. Gwemly did go over Burdick's ford. We'll soon find Gerard now. Only with a deal of luck, Leth cautioned. There are many small valleys among those hills. However do we find the right one? Follow the wheel tracks, Piotr cried. Let's go. All right, Carrick stood. You do ride, lad. Of course, Piotr retorted, though his eyes told differently. Good, said Carrick, then you shall share my saddle. But first, we'd better eat. Mm -hmm.